Hey all, it's Coach here. You know, I can certainly remember going out with a family friend many years ago who happened to be a real estate professional and shopping for my first house. I was overly excited. I was nerve-wracked and not having a clue. Seriously, I didn't have a freaking clue what I was doing. I kind of relied on the family friend thing, but more about that in a minute. I was doing the shopping, uh, and when I was doing it, I was looking at the, the garage and my own fireplace and taking a cursory look at the roof. Yeah, she was looking at the kitchen, the bedrooms, and the bathrooms, of course. I really kind of considered myself a doofus when it came to home shopping back then. I really didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. Honestly, and like I mentioned earlier, really the real estate pro didn't either. She was kind of a real estate zero. She didn't have any clue except, are you ready to make an offer? And that was about it. We, she didn't want to point anything out, and boy, what a waste of time. Today we are talking about what to look for outside that new little slice of heaven you are considering as your new home. Whether it be a brand spanking new home, or an existing home, we will cover my top five items to thoroughly check out in the landscape before you sign on that dotted line and load up the moving truck. Hey, you know something? I'm honored you're here for, with me for a few minutes. Let's get this show on the road. Glad you can be part of the Yard Coach crew for a few minutes. Maestro, put down the chai tea latte, please, and roll that quick intro. Hey, I'm Matt, and you can call me Coach. Every week I bring to you DIY landscape education, design concepts and theories, and pro tips in an easy-to-understand format so you can tackle landscape projects yourself, get professional results that you want, be a heck of a lot more self-reliant, and save a lot of money. I mean a lot of money in the process. You know, after a 20-year career as a successful self-employed landscape designer, landscape contractor, and educated, in horticulture, also out of the retail nursery management field, I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I want to share and impart on you, the modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. Ha! It's kind of funny. So there I was at the ripe old age of 24. New career starting, new baby on the way, and not a lot of dollars to buy a house. I remember looking at... Uh, Oh, I don't know, six or eight before making an offer on one that was a whopping three blocks from my former grade school and about five miles from where I grew up in Hayward, California. The best of neighborhoods? Nah, I'm thinking it was not. It was, it was not. If you know the area of Kelly Hill and Hayward, you could probably, probably agree with me there, at least back then. From what I understand, it has improved quite a bit. The offer that I made was accepted and escrow opened up. A whole new avenue of uh, mind-numbing frustration and confusion for me. We did a walkthrough a few days before closing and in my naive mind, all was good. You know, that same old real estate agent, she said, look, the stove works. Hey, the water heater turns on. Toilet's flushed. You guys are good to go. Thank you very much. Besides, you know something? The seller wrapped me in a warm fuzzy blanket called a home warranty for two years in my pocket. So I felt good for a while. I wish I could go back in time and maybe you guys feel this way too sometimes. You wish you could go back in time and just shake that young man and impart on him some of the knowledge and experience you know that uh, I've accumulated over the last 30 plus years. 
I really wish I could have done that because I don't think I would have bought that house. I really don't. Not soon after, which home warranties do not cover, I discovered broken sprinkler valves, huge drainage issues, leaking garage walls during the first winter, overwhelming backyard issues pertaining to the landscape as far as overgrowth and falling apart retaining walls, and finally trees lifting walkways and driveways. And I asked myself after occupancy a little while, how in the Sam hell did I miss all this? Was I that blind throughout the whole process? Yes, guys. Yes, I was. Very blind. Very blind indeed. I would even use the word ignorant, not necessarily in a, a bad way, but ignorant to facts of what to look for and how, what to pay attention to. And when you're supposed to rely on the real estate professional, you know, nothing was ever brought to our attention. We don't know what we don't know, right? Plus, and I am sorry for saying this, but real estate pros are ignorant as well. And they don't always know everything. They really don't. They may think they do, but they do not. And, you know, I'm not sure all of them. I'm sure many do. There's a lot of good ones. But many of them don't have the client's best interest. They just want the sale. They just want the listing. Why do we miss these things when we're taking a look? It's because we get tunnel vision. We get that weird pseudo emotional bonding thing and we get distracted by others asking questions and saying, what do you think of the view? What do you think about these windows? Look at this beautiful fireplace. You know, like spouses and real estate agents. I didn't learn with this first house either. My second and third house, I repeated some of the you know, some of the same mistakes, albeit much smaller ones at the time, like cracks and stucco because of poor sprinkler placement and watering the house when it should have been watering planting beds. You know, little things like that. And you learn how to scrape out stucco cracks and patch them and then repaint all that stuff. My third house, it was my first brand new house. And I failed to look for some key and later costly things that should be addressed when buying. Many of these things are not covered in home warranties. And those warranty things are written in such a way that you really have to pay attention to the fine print. Or I guarantee you, no coverage is ever rendered. Let's take a look at my five top landscape concerns and checks when you're out there buying a new home for yourself. I'm going to do it in reverse order of importance. Now this is my opinion of reverse order. Yours may differ a little bit. Hey, let's look at number five. Overgrown trees presenting a hazard. I've seen a lot of them over the years. Large, graceful, beautiful, mature trees can, can be quite uh, aesthetically pleasing in a, in a yard, especially if they've been cared for and managed correctly. But there are those trees that present new home buyers with a liability situation that you might not see and should be carefully, seriously now, carefully considered in one way or another before making offers. Taking on these hazards on your own can be precarious in the best of situations. Know your limitations as far as your skills and equipment, or better yet, address the concern in your offer as far as a, a price or the seller should be addressing the issue or no sale. Many times professional costs can run into the four figures very easily on large complicated tree pruning or removal. And you can imagine, I mean, worst case scenario, you have this beautiful spreading oak tree 
and a horrible storm comes in that first winter and there's this one massive branch that hangs over your second story roof or your neighbor's roof and that storm takes it out and crunch. You see where I'm going with this? So pay attention to things like large liability related overgrown trees can really pay off in the long run. Hey, let's look at number four. We're talking now something totally different, slope and grade. Seriously, coach, you're talking about the slope of yard. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Countless times I have seen folks entering into new home agreements and later after occupancy, they find their eyes being opened wide because they cannot use part of their property the way they want unless huge grade and slope changes are made. Steep overgrown hills, mass issues that many miss on walkthroughs, and even if you ask home inspectors to pay attention to any sort of landscape issues. Another issue is being at the bottom of hills and neighborhoods, which I have been a victim of on two occasions. Watch for groundwater issues and signs of flooding, washouts, water staining on patios and foundations, and look for signs of yard ponding, especially around the foundation and other valuable structures. I guarantee you, they generally will not list in the middle of winter if there is a drainage issue. They'll probably do it in late spring or summer. Hillside properties can offer many, many great benefits like views, but some come with that cost of slope management, soil and hillside retention costs and the like. You can get a great price on a one acre piece of property, but three quarters of it is a 35 degree hillside, which is just au natural. And now what the heck are you gonna do with it? And that's where I see on the platforms every week. What do you guys suggest for this hillside? I'm thinking about, and we go on. We only have to watch the news at times, especially where I come from out in California, and see hillside homes after fires, hillside homes after heavy flooding rains. And my God, I'm sure it happens on the East Coast, but on the West Coast, the Highway 1 area and Bay Area, Pacifica, where the freaking hillsides are just falling off into the goddamn ocean. Pretty bad. Really pretty bad. Okay, moving on. Hey, number three. Irrigation system condition. Irrigation systems put in brand new can run into the thousands of dollars. I made many an irrigation inspection for two real estate companies where I used to work. That was quite a few years ago, but yeah, I probably did at least two dozen over the course of about three years. I would check the operation, age and functionality and future estimated longevity of these systems. You too can check things like the timer and the irrigation system when you're doing walkthroughs or when you're doing your initial visit. If there are those things, some places still don't have sprinkler systems. You can gauge on how old is it? Where is it located? Is it look like it's been taken care of? And turn the damn thing on and see if it works. Look at the valves and check for any signs of dripping or freeze damage cracks. Do they work manually? And by the timer, sometimes they'll work manually perfectly fine, but you try to turn it on at the timer and you got nothing, which means you got some kind of a wiring problem. Check the sprinkler heads as well. And is the system designed correctly for good coverage? Or was it thrown in there by a weekend warrior and there's all kinds of dry spots that you notice? What changes or improvements might be needed and at what cost? How about any obvious pipe fractures? You, I mean, I've seen systems that are just totally destroyed out there and they've been either freeze damaged, they have been destroyed by kids, 
They've been destroyed by vandalism. So check for those things. Repairs can cost anywhere from hundreds and replacement system, like I said, can run into the thousands. So irrigation is a port important thing to look at out there. Okay, number two. How about the overall condition of the landscape or no landscape at all? My first house was a dictionary definition of all landscape things that were wrong. Overgrown, out of place, hazardous water issues, and in dire need of a young, energetic, and somewhat educated whippersnapper to throw a whole lot of TLC back into it. I guess that's why I paid a whopping 78000 for it back then, in the 80s, in NorCal. Man, what would that place be worth today? I just wonder sometimes. The time, the toil, the energy, the sweat and tears that was called for for the first 18 months of me being there was a DI mountain test that I eventually summited and drastically improved. I'm patting myself on the back right now. Would I do it again at my current age of 62? No, I would not. I certainly would not. Now, my third house, my brand new one, called for a lot of new landscaping costs because there was none front and back. You got a house on a dirt lot with a driveway and that was it. I was lucky to have a fence. I had a little homeowner experience under my belt by now. I considered those landscape costs and smart enough to add those estimated costs into the home loan package. I still did it myself, except for the very large exposed aggregate patio and walkways that went all the way around the house. I designed it up, I planned it, and got it installed in the first nine months of occupancy. Now, at the very ripe old age of 29. Nowadays, you know, many developers and builders throw out front yard landscapes as part of their home offers. They're very basic when it comes to trees, plants, and grass. You know, everybody can probably agree with that. But take a careful look at the plant selections that are there. Sometimes I have seen, I have seen some plant selections that did not make any sense whatsoever. Small shrubs and trees now, but what variety are they and how big will they get? Take a look at them. Maybe even Google them right there on the phone. Can you change those features out or are they locked, you know, locked in place because of an HOA or city rules of some kind? A great deal of cost can come from landscapes that need to be installed from the get-go, or are they existing and need a lot of attention? I'm talking about thousands of dollars involved or tens of thousands of dollars. Existing yards can pose the most secrets and careful scrutiny is in order. Remember, I made a very, I made a very good living at removing these overgrown, useless existing yards and installing new yards at great cost to customers. And I thank each and every one of them. You know my biggest one, guys? 289K worth of yard makeover. All right, last one, number one. Number one, and for a very darn good reason, drainage. Drainage and potential water damage. Of all the concerns a new home buyer should pay attention to, this is the number one damager of property. Pay attention to it no matter what time of year you're visiting. This applies to brand new homes and existing homes. Is there a drainage system in place? And is it functioning? How are you gonna know just walking around? How are you gonna know? 
you know, you could ask the owner if they happen to be there. Hey, you got a drainage system and does it work? Oh yeah, it works great, works great. Yeah, make sure home inspection covers that. Does one need to be installed, period? And fast, because now you've discovered what was not disclosed to you and you have a lake in the yard or creeping up on your patio towards your family room slider. Either because you need a system or the one that they said was in place wasn't installed right or is horribly, horribly clogged. Do you even have gutters and downspouts in place for simple roof runoff? Water pouring off the edge of a roof can collect right at the foundation and cause basement flooding, foundation settling, and dry rot damage to the house itself from simple splashing. Pay really close attention to this number one check and concern because it can ruin a property if not controlled correctly. Homes with little to no slope or grade, they, like mine was at Weed Patch Ranch, called for immediate drainage installation. French drains and sump pumps to quickly and effectively control not just the roof runoff, but all the yard ponding and neighborhood slope water control. I see hundreds of questions being asked on Reddit and other forums where the owner is basically begging desperately for advice, and yet they don't know what to do even when they get the advice. They throw a Band-Aid at it, hoping that it will fix when it really needs landscape surgery to correct the problem. Hey, these big five are very important to address and to have firmly understood one way or another before taking possession of your new abode. Will it affect your offer you make? Will corrections be made via escrow? Will you pass on it altogether? Or maybe tackle it head on as you can see the potential after the work is put in. Hey, hey, now that, that right there, that right there is my kind of people. Yes, indeed, my kind of people. Hey, as a matter of DIY landscape mastery, I now have the value-packed and inexpensive ebook available for you, Landscaping Simplified, available, and also the kick-ass deep dive and really, really give you the ability to hone your DIY landscaping skills in my new digital course, Homescape 1.0 which is my flagship. You know, those are the two things that I have. And if you're really interested in sharpening your landscaping pencil, hey, take a few minutes and check it out at the website. The website is youryardcoach.com. Can't forget that one, huh? Check them out at your leisure and bolster your DIY skill set and confidence. Man, this was a fun topic today. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed trotting down my own memory lane there for a minute and hopefully in the same time raising your awareness if you just bought or are considering buying. Maybe you could offer this podcast or video to friends or family if they are considering a purchase. Might help them out too. The inside things are important, no doubt. I mean, kitchens and bedrooms and bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. But don't let the outside things go by the wayside either. Sometimes they can ruin the inside if left unattended and under-maintained. Hey guys, I will catch you next Friday as always. Questions are always welcome, and comments are very appreciated. Any topics you would like expanded on, please drop me an email and let me know. Hey, I'm Matt, and you can call me Coach. You guys take care. I will see you next Friday. Here is to your own DIY landscape success. Bye for now.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Yard Coach. Check out the original videos on YouTube at Yard Coach or email Coach Matt at youryardcoach at gmail.com. And hey, did you get your free 15-step landscaping project checklist? Check out the podcast description below for the link to your free PDF as well as the YouTube channel for more great information for the DIYer in you. See you next week.